0: Hi, everybody. This is your host, Ben Klenner, and welcome to The Probiotic Life. This podcast is where we explore the intricate relationships between human health, soil health, and ecological systems. Join me now for another exploratory conversation on The Probiotic Life. Welcome, welcome once again to another episode of The Probiotic Life. I'm your host, Ben Klenner. Today on the show, I'm going to be going solo. We're going to be talking about uh, probiotics, about science, about philosophy, and sort of just give you a bit of an an idea about where I'm at in terms of the probiotic life, what I'm thinking about that, because I keep asking myself that question, what is the probiotic life? And, um, you know, one thing that really got me into uh, probiotics was the science of um, microbes and realizing how much we don't know about microbes. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about um, some books that I have been really inspired by lately um, in the last uh, six to 12 months. And yeah, we'll just go on a bit of a journey. So join me as we hang out and talk about probiotics, science, and philosophy. Here we go. Like I said, the um, one thing that really got me into probiotics was... The science of understanding uh, microbes and and their probiotic effect, and um, if you've joined me with this in this journey on the probiotic life, you'll see that I've interviewed some some really interesting scientists uh, and some people who are sort of like on the ground natural farmers, uh, fermentation artists, and people who, you know, hold that balance of the art and science of uh some sort of microbes and that's really got what what got me into it but i mean even before i started the p- podcast and up until this time you know there's the, i i recognize there's a limit to what um science can achieve the scientific method is fantastic and uh, it we need to quantify, we need to isolate um, probiotics or anything in science, basically. We need to be able to quantify it and replicate it. So this works really well for some things. But when um, everything, the whole earth is a living system and all interconnected, it's uh, very hard, if not impossible, to understand all of the relationships and all the connections all of the time. And uh, this is the the issue with science and the science of probiotics, specifically probiotics that we're taking in a pill form or as an isolated strain to help us in our gut. Yes, we are going to be, that's going to get some benefit from that. Um, but because we have to isolate it and then uh, reproduce it on a mass scale, um, you know, we're treating symptoms. It's still using this, idea um of allopathic medicine you know western style medicine you could call it um which is fantastic for emergency situations it's fantastic if you have a broken leg or you know a a puncture wound allopathic medicine is fantastic it gets um stops those uh symptoms straight away um But then there's a whole sort of other side of it, which I'm really starting to explore more. Uh, A good example of this other side of of, uh, what I'm trying to say is like everything interconnected is traditional Chinese medicine, Um, TCM as some people like to call it. Um, And, yeah, I've done acupuncture. I've had varying uh, success with different acupuncturists and... um, the one that I've been going to recently, she's fantastic because she is really traditional Chinese medicine. You know, um, she learnt uh, this modality in China, and she is Chinese. She's she ha- understands the culture behind it too. And there's the idea of um, that um, medicine is about philosophy as as much as it is about the the pr- the specific practices. And in uh, Chinese medicine, we talk about the qi, you know, the energy. And there's different ways you can explain that. But this is a good word analogy of what's going on in our our body. So uh, with acupuncture, I've had acupuncture because of my various injuries uh, due to landscaping work. And I still have some uh, neuropathic pain, you know, my neck and my shoulder and all that. But acupuncture has really helped me with the immediate uh, symptoms of the of the pain. Um, but also with this acupuncturist that I've been going to recently, she has helped me to understand a bit more about the chi in the body and the meridian lines. Um, and you might think this is all woo woo. All that sort of stuff, but really, when we start to, when I started to take note of what was going on in my body, and when she uh, put needles down specific line lines in my body, meridian lines, what actually happened, and it started to make me more aware of, oh, you know, in in TCM they they check your tongue. Um they check the inflammation in different areas. and all of this stuff started to help me. It started to add up for me to realize, oh, there is something to this, there's something that we don't know, we can't fully grasp. but um it's been developed in in traditional Chinese medicine over thousands of years, in fact. And there's this ancient wisdom there. there's this it's an ancient medicine. Um, but it's a wisdom that ha- that lasts through the ages, if you want to call it. It's it's something that is um, is not just specific to a certain uh, time or period of time um, in history, but it actually works on people all around the world. And yeah, so for me. Uh, recently acupuncture has helped me to become more in tune with my body, which I really think is part of the probiotic life. It's part of being in tune uh, with nature, even with in tune with just, if you're just doing ferments and you don't get out or walk in the bush or the forest that much, just even doing ferments helps you to be in tune. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, but Really, what I'm getting to is thinking about probiotics and the probiotic life as um, putting everything in context. You know, uh, I've recently done a intro uh, microscopy microscopy course uh, and I'm going to be doing a masterclass with uh, the lovely ladies at Earthwhile Australia. Shout out to them for um, teaching me all about the microscope. But the microscope is a great tool and when we do um, a quantitative analysis of a, uh, a sample of, say, compost tea or um, IMO or whatever, we're looking for certain things and we're saying that, say, um, nematodes are... Uh, beneficial, whether they're root feeding animatodes or whatever, but they're beneficial in a sample um, under a microscope because it means certain things. So we imply certain things by what we see um, on a microscope slide, but that's not the whole picture. And that's what I, I am really seeing is that there's so much, there's so much interconnectedness that we can't ever know everything. I mean, even look at gene sequencing. We're going through, um, I mean, as, as, as a species, we, the collective we, we're going through and cataloging all these things, but there's so much um, data in DNA um, for different species that, like, how can you even comprehend all that and, and how can you make all all those connections, um, with all the different variables, and so for me, it's helped me to uh, trust in what nature's doing already. You know, uh, the probiotic life for me is living in harmony. It's it's that diversity that's in nature, and there are laws in nature. There's patterns everywhere, uh, patterns in the in the microcosms and the macrocosms. Um, you could say that the laws of nature echo in every dimension. Um, that could be physical dimensions, uh, such as um, you know, in nanometers or millimeter, millimeters, meters, and kilometers, and so on. Uh, or it could be dimensions of different um, energetic wavelengths that I don't really understand, and I don't, I don't claim to know much about that sort of stuff, uh, but. I guess for me what I'm trying to express is that everything has figured out how to live in balance, you know. Um, Look at effective microorganisms. So those have been um, isolated in a way, but they also uh, breed up uh, in symbiosis with each other, with us, with a small group of microbes, but then they also help to entrain other microbes in the soil or in your gut, so that everything is working together in harmony. You know, um, there's that. The, what I just mentioned. There's that idea of entrainment that we have. We work with some microbes uh, in sort of groups, and they will help. Uh, sort of teach the other microbes or um, sort of guide other microbes in a certain way so that the functions of uh, a microbial ecosystem are, you know, are syntropic basically. So that's what I like is the idea of working as a collective, working as part of the larger matrix of life, and life, Mother Earth, um, I like to think of it as one super organism. As uh, Dr. Rodney Dietert uh, talked about in, in the interview I did with him, of uh, our body being a super organism, uh, it's starting to become more apparent that the whole Earth is like a super organism. And maybe that's new to sort of Western science, but look at a lot of Indigenous cultures. They realised that everything was all connected and everything had a place and a function. And there was sort of... um, There's different ways of explaining that through storytelling. um, You know, there's different ways of explaining how we're all connected. I mean... I've heard a lot of people talk about having a a psychedelic mushroom trip and realizing that everything is all connected. So that obviously opens up a part of our brain to help us realize that everything is all connected. But the point is that not anything is in isolation. When we take something out, when we isolate something from the whole um it may be effective for one thing so for probiotics certain strains of uh lactobacillus are very effective at at one thing but it doesn't there's something missing when we isolate it's the same with um, what i like to think of with with when we say take uh, alcohol, for example, we've brewed up a fermentation, uh, but then we want to extract the alcohol out of it so that we can have stronger alcohol for whatever reason. But we're taking something out of its natural state and we're isolating it. We're putting it through a process um, to isolate that alcohol out or whatever the process is. And for me, that seems to not really fit in with the probiotic life so much because we're we're trying to extract, isolate. Um, and look, I don't know where the line is. Do you extract essential oils and are they beneficial? Of course they are. Um, but the idea is that when we stru- start to separate, when we start to isolate things out of the natural systems, uh, then we're always playing catch up and trying to fix Uh, symptoms. So I guess the point is that we're all part of mother nature. And I like to think about that in my life, thinking about a probiotic life. What sort of microorganisms am I interacting with on a daily basis? How am I bridging the the gap to the natural world, uh, you know, we're, we're part of the natural world, we are the natural world, but we have taken steps to separate ourselves from the natural world. So how am I bridging the gap back to the way that I was meant to be living in the matrix of nature? nature? How am I readjusting my senses uh, back to nature? And so for me, it's taken on uh, what you could call more of like a hippie lifestyle, uh, going barefoot as much as possible. You know, those are uh, senses that I can feel. I can feel the the temperature, the the softness of the ground or the hardness of the ground. And if we can pick up, it's something like 10,000 bits of information per second in our brain. And then you... We screen that through our uh, subconscious mind, and then in our conscious mind, there's only a, a, a fraction of that that we that we are noticing consciously. But all that information is coming in. So, I've tried to be in tune with the phases of the moon, uh, with the phases of the tide, the wind. Um, you know, going barefoot, uh, going out in the rain without covering myself up if it if um, that works for me in that situation. But really trying to get back to being in the rhythms and the cycles of nature. You know some of the things that help me, think about this, what what helps you connect back in for me is being on the ocean. Uh, if you have done any diving or sailing or anything like that, you have to be aware of the currents, of the wind, of the waves, of the tides. Uh, All of that, you know, it starts to help put your brain in in a certain rhythm, a rhythm that I believe we're meant to be um, always connected to. So in my natural garden, you know, I have a little natural farming section of my garden where I'm really, uh practicing the teachings of Masanobu Fukuoka and using some Korean natural farming as well but the idea is just to to get up close and personal with what is going on in that natural garden. So nothing's in rows. I try and let plants just do what they want to do, throw lots of seeds in and they'll sprout where they want to sprout. And then I work with the plants to maybe uh, cut back some of the ones that are crowding up other plants that I'm trying to uh, prefer. But also sitting in my garden with... um, with no intention, just, I like to think of it as a, a humility to listen, to observe what's going on uh, in that garden. What do the plants w- want? What are they telling me? Through all of their different um, uh, signals and things that are subconscious, you know, um, just different leaf angles, different uh, colours of green, um even some vibrational energies that that we don't know about. I don't know, but the idea is that I'm trying to be open to be a receptor of what's going on, and also the insects, uh, the fungi, you know, digging in the ground, seeing, oh, there's there's um, saprophytic fun- fungi in this certain area, oh. What is? I wonder what's going on there and sort of being curious, sort of wondering about what's going on there, but not trying to make it necessarily mean anything in particular, just observing, being open, being open to, to learn, to observe um, and getting in rhythm with the cycles in my garden, in nature, Same with fermentation. If you've ever done a sourdough or kefir fermentation, keeping that culture going, you start to get a bit of a rhythm. Now, I I, I don't have any kefir going at the moment. I I let mine go, lapse and die off. But my ritual used to be after the kids go to bed, when it's a bit quieter, we do all the cleanup and then... I get to play with my cultures and my Kefir culture, adding the milk in. Sort of, I, I like to do it in silence and try and be as present as possible. Now, maybe this sounds too uh, hip, hippy dippy for you, but really, it's it's trying to for me. It's trying to get back to that baseline of like, oh my 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 body is meant to be part of this matrix. So whether you live in an apartment where you ca- maybe can't get out to um, a real wild forest setting so often, just having plants in your apartment or um, doing some fermentation, that for me is part of the probiotic life. It's it's part of retuning yourself into the natural cycles and the systems of nature. Um. Now, if you do get to go out on bush walks or forest walks um, or even just a walk in the park, one other rhythm that I am fascinated with is fungi. So um, being observant of what mushrooms are coming up when. In Perth, where I live in Australia, you hardly see mushrooms in the summertime. Maybe... A few little ones. Uh, you'll see a lot of uh, dried out um, shelf mushrooms. But in the winter time, then they all come up. But even just in those months, you know, say three or four months in winter time, we get lots of different kinds of mushrooms popping up. And I try and notice what pum- what ones are popping up where, and what's around it. What trees are around it? What sort of biomass is it feeding on? Um, And is that connected somehow to the um, cycles of the moon? Obviously, the weather, when it rains, they pop up. But just trying to be aware of that, trying to be aware of that. For me, this is the probiotic life, is being connected. I like to think of fungi especially, but I guess uh, plants and Everything else is it has an innate intelligence. So what my desire is to really live on the land, to be connected to the cycles, and that definitely does help me when i've ever when I've lived on um, Thetis Island in British Columbia, being on the water all the time, being out in 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 nature that really helped me to connect. And I felt calmer. I felt, you know, my mental health was better. Um, I've definitely struggled with that a bit. Um, certain seasons of life and, you know, with kids, it's just crazy. So sometimes I don't get so much time just to sit and and be quiet. But it is an intentional thing when I do it, you know. Okay, be connected, be aware. I want to be part of the neural network of the earth. Um, And as humans, we are self-aware or you could say maybe that we totter on the edge of being self-aware sometimes. I don't always do everything intentionally self-aware. But I believe that our self-aware nature uh, is a gift and a responsibility. If you look at, um, I find this interesting, if you look at the apex predators in nature, Um, and as they are meant to be there in this, what I believe is that the perfect system of nature, what can we learn, you know, from apex predators? And how could we implement that in what we're doing? You know, they keep balance. Apex predators keep balance. Have you ever seen, I think it's a National Geographic documentary of the wolves in Yellowstone National Park and, um, and what happens when the apex predators returned, how everything flourished more because of um, getting those, the, the top of the food chain uh, in, in there and them helping to balance everything. So I believe that we have a responsibility to steward this environment as an apex predator and, um, but I like that idea of stewardship. You know, we are here to serve. We are here to serve all of the um, the life that is. I, I don't. I hesitate to call it below us, but on the food chain, it's below us. You know, um, although there's some speculation that fungi are actually. Um, <laughs> creating certain situations so that we move into them so that maybe they are actually a lot more intelligent than than we are but there we go that's that's, that's another tangent that I'm not going to really go on right now i like the idea as i said of uh of being a steward of the land not necessarily um I don't believe it should be a burden to steward the land, but that it that it should be a gift. Um, uh, that when we are thankful, then we we start to step into that um, destiny of of who we are as as human beings on this land, um, and that we fulfil our destiny by become stewards by by becoming stewards. And if you look at indigenous cultures um, all around the world. Here in Australia, we have the, the lots of different Aboriginal cultures. Um, there's always a sense of stewardship. They have stories and um, everything around them, every tree, every bird has a meaning, has a place and is a part of, they realize that they're a part of this greater picture that they have a responsibility to steward. So I hope you get, you're getting where I'm going with this, you know. Probiotic life, um, I'm exploring this idea of being a steward, of being connected. Um, you know, when I started out this journey, it was really wanting to uh, make the connection and share the connection between soil health and human health, and I, I've wanted to inspire anyone who's willing to listen to to explore that a bit more, you know. Um, and as I've gone, as I've done this journey, I've I've gone deeper into um, seeing them this matrix of nature, which probiotics are a part of, you know, probiotics as microbes, the microbial ecology all around us, the microbiome, so much science on that is just blowing up everywhere. Um, But it's part of, I I believe it's a window in to see how complex nature is um, that we can be a part of, that we are a part of. And I've been really inspired by the people that, that I've talked to over these uh, 50 episodes now, and also books that I've read, which I haven't really shared too much about. Um, also some fantastic documentaries. So the next couple of solo episodes, when I do do solo ap- episodes, I will be sharing a little bit more of what's inspired me and the resources there. Um, so, yeah, let's go into some of the – there's just a few of the books – that I've been inspired by. And I want to say that I, I am, this is a journey and I'm grateful to be on this journey. And um, I'm grateful to be a, have been able to interview lots of really interesting and thought-provoking people and world-renowned um, leaders in their areas. And to add on to that, I'd like to share these books with you. So um, one that I've just been going on about with <laughs> telling people about it's called Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. There is so much fantastic stuff in that book. I've really, really appreciated that. Um, that sort of led on from um, uh, the natural farming sort of stuff I got into. But Braiding Sweet, Sweetgrass, you can get it um, as an audiobook uh, or you know, re- read it. I'm I love audiobooks, so that's what I get into. But it was just so profound that even as an audiobook, I had to stop it and think about some of the the things that she talks about. And she is a professor of biology, I believe. Um I'd love to get her on the podcast, actually. But she's also um indigenous American. So um I forget what uh, people she is from, I think maybe Ojibwe, I can't remember. Um, but so she she explains the story. She moves the book along with story, um, with you know indigenous uh, cultural stories. But then she also shows her uh, professor, scientific mind, biological mind of uh, explaining. Uh, different things like algae. She explains the uh, the cycles of algae and how that works. and then she weaves them together in this beautiful book. Um it's very poetic. Uh, it's I love the audiobook it It wasn't too fast or intense. It gave me time to chew on uh, the words that were being spoken rather than an audiobook that's just like, Hundred miles a minute, and and it's hard to uh, process these profound thoughts. So, um, one of the ideas I'll just mention. One of the ideas in this book is about the honourable harvest, and this is something that has is unspoken um, in a lot of indigenous cultures, but is something that is found commonly in indigenous cultures throughout the world. Is this idea of the honourable harvest? Um, and I don't have it uh, written up here, but from memory, you know, it's about working with the the um, being that you want to harvest. So whether that's a plant or an animal or a fungi, um, basically being present, sitting uh, or being present and asking for permission, um, you know, never taking the first one of something that you see because it might be the only one, never taking the last one, only harvesting enough that you actually need, not not more than that, and also working with the plant or animal to create a habitat for it to thrive. So it's about a relationship, an interconnected relationship. And this has just really got to me um I could keep going on about it, but I think you just need to go uh, read or listen to that book, Braiding Sweetgrass. And as I mentioned, that sort of uh, came, I heard about that book through um, some of the other books. One of them that was really significant was The One Straw Revolution by Masanobu Fukuoka. And this is one that's really influenced me too. Yes, it is about natural farming, but it's really about philosophy. It's about the way that we see the world. And uh, some people have called it do-nothing farming, but it's not really doing nothing. But it's not doing what we want to do as much as observing and seeing what is nature doing and um. Uh Fukuoka-san talks about, what happens if I don't do this? What happens if I don't do that? You know, questioning why we are doing things and why are we trying to impart or impose something on natural systems that are um, what I believe are perfected already. So The One Straw Revolution, that's a fantastic book by Masanobu Fukuoka. Um, also, now this is, a, this is a storybook. Um, and sometimes I like going for storybooks rather than listening to um non fiction books or podcasts just because it puts my mind in a different state. And this one's called The Girl Who Sang to the Buffalo by Kent Nirburn, and it's a you could call it a, a, a fiction but what I like about what Kent does is actually these are experiences that he's had and he's weaved them together into a cohesive story. So these are uh, experiences that he's had with different um, people but he's made it and, and he writes about himself. So you, sometimes you're never really sure whether, did that really happen or is that just like part of the fiction and he's done that on purpose, which I really like. It's sort of like you need to um, wonder about those things. There's 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 something to wondering about something and not knowing. So that has really influenced me as well. Um, as well as, here's another story that I really got into, was the Little House on the Prairie series. Now, I remember... My mum reading those to us when we moved to Canada in '94. We drove across the Rockies from Vancouver to Calgary, and I remember her—a um, a large part of that journey, her reading *The Little House on the Prairie*. One of the books I can't remember, but anyway. So now I have a, a three-year-old and a six-year-old, um, and I thought maybe I'll just play an audiobook for them. And within the first, you know, not very long, within the first hour, just say, I realized that this was a little bit uh, too much, especially for my three-year-old, but scary for both both of them uh, with the cougar in the woods. Um, but I was like, oh, this is bringing me back to my childhood memories. So I started to listen to that one. I ended up going through the whole book and it was just fun as as a story, just to listen to story and listen to the style of storytelling, but also it has very interesting clues about how um, the quote unquote pioneers thought about the world and their interactions with the indigenous people uh, in the on the plains. So. I just put that one in there just because I really, I th- I thought it was fun. It's a you know, not such a heavy read, but it has some interesting clues in there. Um, and then the last one, which took me a while to get through, but is called Walden by Henry David Thoreau. And this one is, oh, it's one of those books that I listened to as an audiobook, and it and. I should really sit down and read it and just process it at a slower pace and almost meditate on it um, and I will you know what I'll stick a link to that one. There's a little um, I think a 20 minute documentary on Henry David Thoreau and Walden so that was just another one that's that's one of those um, ones that transcends um, the time period that it's in. And it re- he really just talks about observation of nature and himself and the interconnectedness of everything. So those are some of the books that have inspired me lately. There's been a, a couple of other ones, but I'll just leave it at that because otherwise I'm probably rambling on a little bit. So, Also, I did want to um, mention some documentaries. I think I'll leave that for another a solo episode is some of the documentaries that have really influenced me. I'll I'll actually compile a list properly um, and we'll do that in another episode. So I'd like you to think about what I've been talking about today on this episode. And I'd love to hear from you about what, what, if anything in here is actually connecting with you, what's resonating with you. Um. Yeah. What What has made a big impact in you about the probiotic life? About any of the interviews or what I've been talking about? Um. But this is a time for you to think and give some feedback because I want to be able to, uh, if you're happy with it, to share some of that so that we can really see what other people are thinking, and um, I think that will help me to direct this journey of the podcast as well. But, you know, podcasts, like a lot of other technology, um, we can use them to serve us. We can use them to help us be connected to nature or we can use them to um, distract ourselves and be disconnected from nature. So what I really hope out of this episode and this podcast is that this will help you to connect in with nature, with the natural cycles, um, be connected not just with um, the natural cycles, but with yourselves um, and each other, you know, as a community, be connected, be self-aware. You know, that is a big part of the journey for me is, is learning to be present, to be connected, be connected with my emotions as well as my a physical space and be present. And you might have heard me say it before, but I'm asking myself all the time, what is a probiotic life? And maybe you have another di- another question that sort of helps drive you, but I like the idea of having a question and maybe asking that for you know a couple of years or more or maybe um, a decade of your life or so. And having something that you really just keep coming back to and going deeper on, taking the layers of the onion off and exploring deeper and deeper and deeper till you have a deep knowledge in some area that you can share with um, the people around you. And probiotic life to me is, um, yes, it's microbes. It's about gut health. um, But like I said, it's about being connected I believe mother nature as a being has our best intentions in mind I don't think I don't believe that nature is is harsh and um I, although I love some of uh, David Attenborough's documentaries his sort of bent for me is is not as beautiful and as elegant as I would like to think the world is um You know, this could be fatal. Um, Yes, there is fatality and death, but it's all part of a beautiful dance, a part of um, a self sustaining life on this earth. Um, And I guess that's where I really start to um, express my faith, you know, my faith of um, that everything is. In balance, that we're supposed to be connected through our senses to plants, to animals, um, to microbes, to each other. And don't get me wrong; in this podcast, I'm still keen to explore about um, probiotic microbes and scientific data. But I, I hope that what you're hearing is part of my evolution is to recognise. Um, the natural matrix. Recognize scientific the scientific method and the value of that, but also recognize where it falls short, what it can't describe. Um, and for me, it's about having humility, uh, having humility that I don't know everything and it's okay not to know everything. Um, you know, the willingness to to trust, trust nature and what what I call God, the creator, um, I want to share that journey with you. I want to explore ancient wisdom, indigenous wisdom alongside modest, modern science. Um, as one of my mentors said or says, there's, there's to walk the tension of parallels, you know, uh, whether that's, Um, physical and spirit or science and Gaia there's sort of a walking the tension of parallels which I I really like that metaphor so I hope that this has inspired you to ask the question what is the probiotic life or maybe inspired you to think about a question to ask yourself Um, I'd love to hear from you thank you so much for being part of this journey Um. And that's where I'm going to end it this episode. So you can reach out um, on Facebook or Instagram at The Probiotic Life or if you feel like sending me an email, uh, theprobioticlife at gmail.com. But I'd love to hear from you. So, uh, yeah, thank you for being here. May the beneficial microbes be with you. And until next time, Cheers. Thank you for listening to The Probiotic Life. You can find us on Facebook at The Probiotic Life, on Instagram, The Probiotic Life, and on our website, theprobiotic.life.